Hello, and welcome to the Veer Vulnerabilis Veer podcast. I'm Adam Glinsky. And I'm Albert Imperato. Where we help men communicate and build empathy. So, wow, this is our 2019 wrap-up. We've had quite a year, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of everything in between for that. So yeah, A lot of weird, a lot of yeah. great, <laughs> a lot of denim, mm-hmm. a lot of credit card action, a I lot of new you, friends. Man. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's just been so much. So we thought we'd do an entire episode dedicated to, you know, the 2019 recap is coming out on new year's day. So hopefully, you know, you uh, are relaxing, enjoying, probably have the day off of work, you know, not too hungover. So put this on, relax and uh, enjoy it. So we've got a couple questions um, built in for each other, but just kind of wanted to ask you, Albert, like, what'd you think, man? Like, how was this year for you? Like, if you could kind of sum it up in like a couple words, like, what, wow. what do you think it um, is? The year overall. Um, this was a good, this is a really good year. This is kind of in certain ways the, the setup for the breakthrough, I would call it. Um, I would say um, I'm getting to that wonderful ripe age of I'm 57 where I'm like old enough to actually know something about life and still can walk and still, um, you know, I still have energy like I've always had to do things. So I kind of feel like I'm at a very good, I'm in a very good balance, balanced place in my life and some, some big, you know, milestones happening in my, in my life, in my relationship, my, my work situation. So yeah, we, as we go down and be more specific, uh, you know, we will get into those and it's great because towards the end of 2019, we started this and I can't say it was something I thought I'd start at the beginning of the year. So it's also a wonderful re- reminder that sometimes some of the really great and fun things that we do with our lives are not things that we completely plan for. You know, we, I did not plan to meet you, talk about this, and also make a podcast with you. And suddenly, the year's ending. We're we're talking about the best of the year, and we have this thing we've created. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been a wild ride for me too, and also agree with what you're saying too. Is like the setup for the breakthrough. I felt like this year I've I've grown a lot. I've learned so much. You know, I've I've taken kind of a new approach to education on there, and just really gone with it. So awesome, man. I'm, I'm really excited about this episode. So the first question that we have on the, uh, you know, kind of list that we made for each other is, uh, what was your favorite moment, you know, on or about the podcast this year? Well, my, mine actually is uh, before anything really even officially happened, it was actually the day that it actually went live on Apple podcasts. Uh, that was when I realized how real it was. And, uh, I was, um, excited too because i often brainstorm with people you know we have we were sitting around we have a good idea and we think oh we should do this we should make something of this This is a great idea and nothing comes of it and this was one of those times where um i i mentioned i wanted to do a new project a, a book about some of the interesting people i had met through instagram and you heard what the book was about and you said that would really make a nice podcast and within two weeks and, and a great deal because you you took so much decisive action and did some such hard work. I'm like downloading something that's on Apple Podcasts. So that was like a moment of, woo, that zipped along fast and it was very gratifying. Yeah, I gotta say the same thing. It was it wasn't really about like something on the podcast. It was actually pressing submit for that first time and just being like, okay, like we talked about this, we did this, we like. You know, I mean, that those first couple of weeks, we like talk to each other every day about like what we want to do and who we want to be, and like, okay, you know, here it goes. So, like, I'm like getting goosebumps on my arms right now just thinking about it because it was just such a moment when it was just like, okay, got to do it, click, and there it was, and it's like, okay, it's live, it's real, this thing's alive. So, it's it's been super cool, like just doing this with you, and it's been really fun. So, I'm glad uh, your moment was kind of just seeing kind of the same thing of just like, hey, yeah, this is this is on you know, on the web, it's on Apple podcasts, it's on Spotify. It's really, I mean, it's, it's real. I mean, it's funny. One one of my friends, he asked me what I've been doing lately and and he's one of my better friends, but he's not been following my, my social media. So Mm -hmm. he just said, um, uh, Oh, what you been up to? I said, well, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I, you know, been working on my, this podcast. And he just like did this double take. He's like, you have a podcast. And then he just like thought for a second, he just said, of course you do. <laughs> so a little bit of like, finally a place where, you know, you could 
talk and not shut up. And that's actually what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I'm trying to learn to be more concise <laughs> and to listen better. So I'll shut up. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I mean, inside of this, you know, we've had insights, we've had aha moments. And um, I'll share mine for this one is that, you know, the, the biggest insight is that people really actually connected with us and our stories have actually you know, helped people through, through parts of their lives. And, you know, our conversations are actually holding weight in people's lives and, you know, getting those DMS and, and getting that feedback from, from our audience has just been like, wow. Okay. Like this is something like, this is really cool. And it's been very inspiring and, and kept me wanting to continue to do this. So that was my biggest insight is like, okay, like I'm actually like on the air, like this means something. Yeah. It's that I I've had a very, very similar experience. Um, I was very appreciative of some really lengthy notes um, that people sent us. And it was really two points. The one point was that um, I read the notes and, and, read, and in reading the notes had an idea of who was writing to me. But when I got to know the person, I realized that that person was very different than the person who wrote me the note. Um, you know, it's just so weird. If I felt because they, they, they wrote such a similar note, they, if they felt such an empathy with and closeness to what we were talking about that I thought, Oh, this guy's maybe a little like me or a little like Adam, like we're, you know, and then I realized that no, they're, they're their own person and they're actually, they've gotten something from you, but they're actually, uh, they're not at all like me or whatever, some combination. And that was kind of fun to make me realize that people um, of very different backgrounds were have, were, were uh, connecting in very, very different ways. Um, you know, on the other hand, I mean, the more intense part of that, was probably the most you know explosive thing in a way that happened between us was this realization of the responsibility the power um and responsibility of getting your your words out there that was a mm -hmm. little you know very shocking to me i i kind of think probably people who are in the broadcast business uh, probably um this is something that they learn in their career when they're you know i we kind of stumbled it i you actually were on the radio before and you done you had done some radio stuff in, in school i think you said mm -hmm. even after school where i had never really done it i was a guest a couple of times on a radio show talking about about promoting music but um yeah i, I realized when if, you know just to be more specific when we had that reaction to the locker room story where mm -hmm. you talked about this kind of altercation, this violent moment that happened um, in, in the deep dive. And, um, you know, I, at the time we were talking, I didn't know how to get to the bottom of what I was feeling. I was kind of confused by it. I couldn't quite understand why that story was so unsettling. Um, obviously, anytime you involve violence in any way, yeah. it's unsettling and upsetting. Um, but when someone wrote into me and said, hey, you guys kind of we're almost promoting it a little bit. You were almost saying it's okay under certain circumstances. And I was like, hmm, wow. I, you know, at first I was a little defensive and thought, wow, that's not reading it properly. Then kind of when I sunk into it, I realized that it was a little part of my, my difficulty was it is that we didn't fully clarify and explain what the ultimate meaning of that event was. And, and I think I, and I don't think this is, there's any harm to this. I think you, it uncorked something in you and I could, I felt over the, the weeks that followed that you, as we discussed this off off air, uh, that you were rather, you were thinking about it. Maybe you had always been thinking about it. Maybe you were thinking about it new, and maybe in a new way. So that that was that was a very intense. That was an an, an especially intense moment. Oh yeah, and you know that that for me is probably the the biggest lesson I learned about myself and learned about you know this podcast here. You know, was you know number one like you were saying is just. Uh, kind of share the wisdom first and then the story, you know, um, I honestly hadn't told that story many times. So it was kind of weird and, and, and honestly difficult for me to, to bring out there. So, um, you know, with that feedback and everything, you know, first, I'd like to say that in no way at all am I promoting violence to, to any degree. Um, you know, that's just not what I want to put out there for, for myself and for the show, you know, violence is not the answer. Um, being bullied in school, I mean, that's, that's not a fun topic at all. I mean, it's not a fun part of my life, but um, being able to stand up to, to that person um, who really had it out for my family and my religion is is really what, what I was taking the pride in. And being a 31-year-old husband and father, I would not go down that same road. 
And for our audience and for anyone out there, I, I truly hope that none of you have to experience that amount of like anti-Semitism or any type of bullying to that degree. It's awful. It's not fun. And from that experience, you know, from saying it out there, kind of just actually talking about it for the first time, um, I uncovered a lot of emotions and a lot of, you know, other kind of traumatic experiences in my upbringing. upbringing. And what this kind of did was turn on the light to a lot of the negativity, a lot of my emotions that I had around those situations, and to really see, you know, what it was. And, you know, this is something that, you know, I'm continuing to work on. And I hope the listeners and you, Albert, too, can continue on this journey with me into my own vulnerability. So that was, you know, honestly, the biggest lesson for me um, in the past, you know, couple months in doing this was was that. Yeah, it was it it was a um, it was something I just hadn't really talked about because I, you know, if if you don't know from personal experience some of these these um, things that you that you experienced it's kind of hard to get to wrap your mind around it. And, and, you know, it's, it's funny, I'm thinking back to it now. I've had like my brushes with rude or nasty or, uh, you know, threatening people, but I've not felt like a, this sort of, you know, feeling cornered uh, aspect to things. I, I hope I never do. I don't know that I'll, how I'll respond, but I hope that, um, um, I hope that I'll, I'll be able to deal with it and also afterwards, uh, learn the, the best possible lesson from it and try to, I don't know, I, I, I'm hoping that I'll have the, the strength. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, that's not really true. I actually was mugged once. I was pretty, pretty badly mugged, um, actually, by a bunch of guys, actually. I was mm-hmm. kind of knocked out. I didn't even tell you this story, but kind of knocked out. I, I have no memory Yikes. of it, really. Oh, yeah, I was like literally hit with, by a gun in the head. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a wilding incident many many years ago in New York. It was a block away from my house, and um, you know the, I I have to I have to admit afterwards maybe it's because I did it was um, something that I I was knocked out and unconscious. But I remember afterwards just feeling sort of a sense of um, just pity for these people. Just feeling if you're the kind of person using violence, then there's something pitiful. pitiful about you as a person. You're, I think people who use violence are the smallest people amongst us, honestly. I think that, uh, I think we have been given sort of God, God has given us powers to, to resolve everything that, that we have face in our lives using, using uh, different means than violence. And I know we're animals and I know all that stuff. <laughs> I get that, but um, I, I, I really do think we're endowed with a higher purpose. So anyway, there we go. Let's not go off too much on a tangent. We'll keep, this is going to be a topic. We might have to be a whole show down the road. Yeah, totally. Um, Biggest lesson learned from a guest. Do you have one of those? Yeah. So um, in an upcoming uh, future episode with Tim, um, you know, T.L. Sorensen, we actually talked about the importance of like a family dinner and family time. And for us, you know, and my wife, we both work pretty crazy schedules. So um, her and I have been trying to implement that as much as we can in our life. Um, mostly we've been doing uh, family breakfast because we have a little bit more time in the morning. Uh, we have like different schedules at night. So for us, you know, just kind of having that one little bit of solid family time has really just improved our relationship and we can just talk, put the phones down and just be like, Hey, what's up? What are we doing today? You know, when are we going to see each other tonight? What we're, we're trying to do. So that's been a lot of fun. And just kind of, uh, seeing that lesson is just from, you know, a very seasoned father, both of his, uh, you know, kids are off to college. So that was a big um, lesson I learned from a guest. And I love those kinds of lessons that are uh, simple ones to put into place and, and other people can can easily do them. They don't have to sign up for a course, read a book or do anything. They just need to say they're going to do it and do it. And what, mm-hmm. what a great result so quickly. Um, yeah. I, I didn't have a specific lesson from a guest. Um, more of a, just a, a something that lingered and haunted my my brain for a little bit after Henry Lohmeyer talked oh, about yeah. our photographer friend talked about um, how you know being a teenager feeling like these young uh, teenagers in his life these these boys were his uh, brothers and that tipping point where they became the other you know mm-hmm. they went from being the kid in the playhouse the kid in the treehouse that you could that you're, you know, is your blood brother and, and you'll do anything for, and you're right there beside each other. Um, and then, you know, somehow in the process of becoming a, an adult, 
we start be getting more guarded and, and um, we drift away from that. And that, that, that's been haunting me. I, th I think that was a really beautiful story that he told and he, he, he told it really well. Yeah. I mean, whew, that that's something that, you know, I, my brother and I went through, like I said on the show, but yeah, I think there's some, some real value to there and just some, some more digging that can be done because a lot of, a lot of people feel that way. I mean, I know I did growing up. Um, I'm not sure if you, um, you know, even remember this or like be, got taught in school, but I remember in some of like the, the old books um, that there was kind of like a um, sort of like a social, it wasn't really experience, but it was just kind of a, a thing that people did where usually between like 13 and 15, um, like young kids, especially men would actually go live with a different family to kind of have a different experience of like those, you know, trying years. And I kind of always thought about that. I'm like, hmm, like, how would that work out in today's society? Like, do you think there'd be any difference or change? Because that's definitely not the case anymore. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if you almost like the case, like where like a foreign student will come and live with a in an with an American family. I'm, I, I've heard of that still in re recent years um, of people doing that um, uh, uh, in, in the industry I'm in, the music industry. There's mm -hmm. a fair amount of ki uh, music students that I meet who 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 have traveled and, and lived in other cities for a while. But yeah, I, I think that. That would be great. I mean, uh, I, I have a, a, a friend whose son is uh, in a gap year before college. And instead of going right off to college, he's spending a year with a family in Brazil. He doesn't speak Portuguese and he just showed up and is living with this family in Brazil. It's actually just a couple. They don't have kids and uh, they're living and they monitor the uh, parents work at a, um, a nature park, a nature reserve. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, he's like learning and he's like having to learn the language. He's having... And, you know, basically, a, I think it's a full nine months. You know, that's a, that's a deep, deep immersion. I can't, yeah. I can't imagine, emerge, uh, you know, leave that experience and not be incredibly enriched by it. Totally. So, you know, that's, that's definitely something that, that I thought of during that time. So, yeah, that's, that's a, a really great story by Henry. So that kind of um, leads me to, to, like, vulnerability. And, you know, since we, ha we heard all these stories, you've had all these experiences. What does the word vulnerable mean to you now? Do you know what's really funny? Um, I didn't actually look up the word vulnerable um, until today. I actually never <laughs> looked it up, even though we kept saying it. It's something that we constantly talk about. Uh, we hear about mm -hmm. vulnerability. And vulnerability can have a very negative connotation of meaning, you know, yeah. we're, we're weak and we're easily attacked and, and all that. But um, the, the one of the, the definitions, I think it was the first definition when I looked it up, it said that vulnerable meant capable of being physically or emotionally wounded. And uh, interesting, the word wound is the, it, I think the Latin word uh, uh, vul, vulness is wound, I think. Um, it's interesting, the wound has, a, to me, a very much a negative connotation. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to be wounded. Um, but um, yes, I, I think we tend to want to not get hurt and not be wounded. But of course, our desire to not be wounded can mean, can mean not living in a meaningful way. And worse, even to the point of trying to protect ourselves, we cause harm to others because we don't deal honestly with our own issues. And it looks like we're protecting ourselves, but it's actually an excuse to to um, sort of take out our insecurities and our difficulties on other people. So I, I guess for me, um, I'm doing what we're doing and talking to people. I've, I've come up with a, an idea that a vulnerable now to me means really honestly not being afraid to tell the truth, to be, uh, uh, be the full person that I'm claiming to be and not be really good at spinning who I am. Um, it's really, really different to admit to an insecurity or to a, a, a failure or to a, uh, wrongdoing, etc. Um, it's really difficult to do. It's very easy, and we live in a culture now where spinning bad behavior is a way of life. Um, that's that's a real reality that we are. We're we're kind of saying that that uh, we pretending we don't know what's right and wrong, wrong, and we uh, honestly a lot of times know that we are doing the wrong thing by turning a blind eye to other people, by pretending we don't know what's harming ourselves or harming someone else and just kind of letting it happen. So 
to me, the word means now more um, a kind of almost, uh, you know, it, it, it's a base level of honesty that can't be compromised. It's 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 a it's an ideal that we strive for, but um, it's I think it's it's something that's uh, desire. It's it's something we should desire to have because it's it's got to be the key to really understanding our possibilities as human as human beings. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it sounds like integrity is at the utmost importance for vulnerability for you. Yes, I think that's I think mm-hmm. that's well put. So one thing that well, kind of, uh, like everybody yeah. else, I can really bullshit myself. You know, <laughs> and, like I'll do something dumb and I'll just be like, oh, there's a really good reason behind this. And here's my big. And the truth is, I'm just being insecure and stupid. So I'm, I'm going to avoid that in the future. As much <laughs> as possible. Yeah. Well, one thing you said is, you know, kind of about like, you know, being civil to, to a wound is like, you know, they're the old saying of, you know, what doesn't kill you, make you makes you stronger. So being able to to take that uh, that that wound in and heal it, and you know more often than not, like when you break a bone, it grows back stronger. And then you know if you callous your hands, they'll they'll grow back stronger. So, I think it depends how you callous your hands. I think yeah. <laughs> uh, but but no, I, it's really true. I think that's a, a neat, the famous Nietzsche quote about what not killing you makes you stronger. Um, I I think that's very true. I think that's very and it reminds mm-hmm. me of Henry's line about broken being beautiful and how you you offered your your take of, of the, the sort of the Japanese approach of taking broken things and putting them back together that's mm-hmm. I love that idea though that your bone comes back stronger that's good to hear because I have this weird almost phobic fear of breaking bones yeah luckily I've only broken a thumb and a toe but yeah they, <laughs> they do but um and my kind of sentiment to, to vulnerable is um you know, kind of more of what I've experienced is that like, it really means you're able to see yourself objectively and make decisions that will better yourself, um, no matter the comfort level. So not having that emotional bias um, allows you to see your own blind, blind spots and allows you to work on them in whatever kind of degree you need to. I like that. As I read <laughs> for my whiskey instead of my tea. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, all right, yeah, let's have it. Oh, it's a man. game show. Will he go for the tea or will he go for the whiskey? Uh, tonight is whiskey. <laughs> I literally did both because I was like, Adam and I are going to be talking about some shit. So I, I, might need, <laughs> yeah, I might need whiskey. Yeah, well. All right, now we, gotta, I, we get more to the lightning round now. Yeah, exactly. So let's, let's... Well, maybe not, but a couple of these are a little faster. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's, let's you know, bring up the, the mood here. So best rugged gear pickup of the year. Oh, I didn't have that on our prearranged list. I know, yeah, um, I worked it, it in there. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, my Brave Star Salvage Sherpa jacket. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I like that yeah, one a lot. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of uh, pained that I left it in town, um, uh, and I'm spending two weeks up at the house uh, without it because we're not getting the full winter days. Mm-hmm. I don't have good medium cold uh coats so i've been wearing leather jackets all week which is okay but um i'm i'm missing the sherpa that's that's my number one pick no hands down nice how about you do you have one uh yeah definitely um so for the black friday i got another pair of blundstone boots so i have a pair of brown ones and black ones and the black ones are a little bit more like water resistant so they're definitely my uh my go-to winter boots now so i really like them yeah you've been digging that i've been noticing you've been having those a lot they're Man. in your feet all the time dude you just slip them on and then also i have custom orthotics in both of them so they're super yeah. super <laughs> we've been dealing with ankle recovery so yeah. you need you need this you need mm-hmm. it to be done right yeah exactly so yeah ever since that my uh <laughs> a lot of parts of my life has changed up after that ankle injury <laughs> but um well, i'm glad you're on the mend. that was the best news i heard today was that you're on the mend yep yeah so it's it's getting back i got another checkup um on Tuesday. So I'll see what they say. They might send me back to work. I'm hoping so. It's kind of uh, a little bit lonely being isolated in, in your apartment all the time because you can't go so many places. But, but it was a little blessing because it, it, yeah. it helped get this thing off the ground. Absolutely. Well, I like the surprise question. You got another one or one on the, on the list? Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, best, like, like not like rugged gear pickup of the year, but like, you know, best kind of like investment or something that you got that really just kind of helped you out. Um, my, my meditation app that you made me get, Ooh. I would have to say my 10% happier app. Yeah. There's lots of other things I could put on the list. Um, but I think that 
I fight the idea. Um, my 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 driving quality seems to be my energy level. Everybody's always mm -hmm. like, "Dude, you have so much energy," and I I resist people telling me I need also more uh, reflective activities in my life I, because they're they're hard for me to focus. And I have to say that um, you know even if I don't always do it or if I'm not don't feel like I'm, I'm getting where I want to be with it quickly, whatever. It's not a race. I realize that just knowing and thinking that it's there and that that's an aspect of life I need to cultivate, I think is has uh, given me a little greater sense of calm. Nice. So thank you for that one. Yeah, you're very welcome. That's, that's a good one. I've been using that for a couple of years now and has really helped. Um, kind of going off the meditation, um, I got this nice desk chair. Um, I got this for Hanukkah this year. But the big part of me getting this was I, I needed a better place to meditate. <laughs> and I was like, I'm always oh, going. Oh, good. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm either like laying down or I'm like, you know, like, you know, using like a kind of like a dinner chair. But this one is way nicer. It's more comfortable. Plus I can, you know, work at my you wanna, uh, desk now, actually, instead of sitting you wanna, on Do you want to get a plug-in? You know, maybe they'll send you one. Like, in, you know, on, when you say that on TV and people send you a chair, maybe what, what <laughs> yeah. you want to say uh, yeah, I got a Serta chair, so it's got like this nice like memory foam into it. You know, I was like, uh, I want to hear that Serta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, we go live. We'll put that one in the show notes, and we'll send them the link. Exactly. Oh All my right. god, I'm so cheap. <laughs> All right, so right, I'm gonna best... let you keep drilling. You're, yeah, you're yeah. doing good. Best movie and why? Okay, uh, this one is clear because I've seen both of them recently. Um, I'm gonna pick two. So okay. Um, uh, marriage Story on, on Netflix. Okay. Uh, Scarlett Johansson and uh, Adam Driver. Uh, I think as like a, the, the child of divorce, that uh, movie really rang true. Okay. Um, also as someone in a relationship now approaching, you know, 25 years in a relationship. Um, a, I saw that movie and said, I am never getting divorced because it's too painful and terrible. And God help me if I ever get divorced, it'll kill mm -hmm. me. Um, but no, the movie is really powerful. It's very well done. It's very well acted. It's really, it's heartbreaking watching people who love each other just not be able to get past their issues. The way that they hold things back, um, the relationship has its issues and, and falters. And then they go back to say, I've never been happy because of this or that. And, you know, just, we, re we can be very revisionist. Uh, when we're hurt and 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 be, and look back and only see the hurt and forget to see the joy i don't want to give away too much of the movie but it starts with them both reading letters saying what they liked about each other before they start the process of divorce um anyway i don't want to give it away there's some transcendence yeah. to it to a certain degree and the <laughs> acting is very good the other movie is that that was directed by noah baumbach um i also love the movie parasite i know a lot of people love that movie um, but as the uh, South Korean director Bong Joon-ho, um, that is a to me that's a, a brilliant art film that has it could be placed in like 25 different genres. It's so well done. It's a black comedy. It's a it's a thriller. It's uh, it's a social commentary. Um, it it really just there are some images in that movie um, putting into into stark relief the difference between the haves and the have-nots. Uh, that are just so potent. I, 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 there is just uh, one moment where this, where this is flood that destroys where the poor people live, and and uh, you're just, there's a moment you see this one character just clinging. I mean, the only place that's dry in her apartment is is like by the toilet, and you see this woman sort of sitting, and you're just like, dear God, like that's actually a real image. Um, there are people who live who are living through this kind of stuff, and that was. It's a brilliant movie. It's it's funny too. It's it's very savagely funny at times. I, I won't give it once again. Won't give any of it away if you mm -hmm. haven't seen it. Highly recommended. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So my wife uh, loves Korean movies and Korean TV shows. So, oh, um, cool. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure she'll want to check like that it. one out. Yeah. For me, um, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really the biggest Marvel fan, and my wife. She loves it. She loves all the, the action superhero movies, but we I've watched all of them sometimes against my will, but the one that really struck me um, was Endgame. And, and you know, I, I, I kept thinking like, Hmm, I watched this movie, but like, what about this one? And 
I mean, if you haven't seen it, too bad. I'm spoiling it um, because you probably should have seen it by now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Fast forward a couple minutes. Um, but uh, the way that, you know, like Tony Stark really just gave that ultimate sacrifice at the end was just so selfless and so moving. And, you know, he he's the one that really kind of brought everything together and, you know, really was the, the gung-ho person, you know, in the end when he wasn't in the beginning. But just, you know, that he did that for his whole family and he did that for everyone else is just such a big selfless moment. Um, and also just sort of um, kind of more the beginning of the movie is when you see all of the superheroes, like vulnerability, you see them all just, you know, they dealt with the loss. They know that Thanos bested them for that time being. So really just seeing their insights, especially like Thor just being like, just fat and drunk and, you know, just not wanting to do anything. <laughs> um, you know, it just shows you that like different people, even if they are superheroes still deal with loss and their coping mechanisms are way, way different. So I thought it was, you know, great, awesome action movie. It was fun. You know, it, it had, you know, all the stars in it, but um, it really had some, some good points of, you know, just kind of seeing how people dealt with loss, regardless of their innate abilities then also just kind of seeing how someone who was considered the most selfish one was the most selfless at the very end. Oh, right. I like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm into redemption stories. Sounds like there's yeah. a little redemption story going on. Oh, now. yeah. There's a lot. I, I, I mean, missed the Avengers episode. I think I'm two movies behind now. Okay. Well, <laughs> after a while, there's so many of them. I'm just like overwhelmed. And I yeah. read all the comic books when I was a kid. Oh, wow. Let's okay. See. Um, you're doing a good job going through the list. Want to keep going? Yeah, yeah. So top resolution for 2020. More sleep. More sleep. That's a good one. <laughs> I, only get, I only get five hours sleep, four hours sleep, five hours sleep. I'm not a sleeper, and I think it would be better for me to sleep more. Absolutely, man. Seven to nine hours. Get that. <clears throat> my, uh, my big paper in um, my senior year of high school you had to write like a 15 page paper and mine was all on sleep studies and how, you know, children and teenagers and young adults need to sleep more and get more rest. Um, so yes, definitely it's seven to eight hours minimum. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. Well, make a, make a sleep routine. Make I've, a, been, I've been really, we were pushing, we were getting up earlier, trying to push our clocks back. So I fall asleep mm -hmm. earlier. Um, it just, um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm working on, I'm going to keep working on it. It's my goal. Okay. Uh, I'm definitely going to check you, in on I'm you. I'll hold you accountable for that. So mine, um, so I read this book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. And my goal is to raise my emotional intelligence. And so what you do when you read this book is, you know, you get about a couple chapters in, it kind of gives you some history, some backstory, you know, it gives you a lot of the why. And then before it gives, goes into the how, um, you take an EQ test to, to find out what your emotional quotient is. Um, similar to IQ, but a little bit different. Um, and so I scored in there. I had some really great scores in relationship management and, um, you know, kind of like self-discovery on there. But, you know, it, it wasn't the number that I wanted to hit. So, um, basically I'm going to, um, every six months take this test, um, and kind of check myself on it. But I've also, um, I'm, I have a little notebook, um, that I've been, you know, carrying around kind of around the house and stuff. And I've been kind of putting commentary on different conversations I've had, my emotional reactions to different things. And I'm really, you know, just kind of writing it down and just, you know, kind of getting the data and not trying to be so dramatic about it. So, I'm just logging all this information and seeing how I progress um, because I really want to be able to do that for this podcast, for my professional life, for my personal life, for my, you know, intimate relationships. You know, I, I want to be able to, to be someone that can really have a, a strong conversation and really kind of get the person. So that's my uh, top resolution is to raise I'm, my- I'm liking top. that a lot. I feel like <laughs> EQ is a big phrase that we heard a lot about for a while. And then it's kind mm -hmm. of, um, it's kind of been a little quiet, uh, lately. So I, I think that that's really, um, I, mean, I just love the whole purpose. It's, I think it serves you in so many ways. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask you further questions about it down the road. Please do. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing it. So I've, I've got a whole notebook. So I'll, I'll have a lot of data to give you. You love a notebook. <laughs> You're so into notebooks. I love I, notebooks. Not I, as much as you though. 
I know. I'm a, a legal pad junkie straight up. I love I have, it. I, think it's I have multiple sizes. <laughs> they, they come with me everywhere. Yeah, I'm totally about writing things down. That's that's totally me. Can I mention a book, a favorite book? We've mentioned Yes, that's what I was going next. That was um, your book or that was your um no, that was your resolution. So is that, that kind of resolution? Book? So my book is actually the one you recommended me, um, oh, which was shit. The War of Art. Um, and yeah, it was, I read it like, I mean, honestly, like within 24 hours, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I was like, holy crap, this means- Dude, I'm so, so glad. Yeah. So- Wow. Yeah. So yeah, dude, that, that book was resistance, amazing. Resistance, right? You see that word resistance yeah. and then you get it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I was uh, waking up and I was like, really groggy in the morning and i was like i need to do my yoga i need to do my meditation and then i was just sitting there like i don't want to do it and i just said no this is resistance and i just you know kind of pulled myself up by the bootstraps and did it you know just you just got to do it you got to handle it um and, and someone also, uh, my yeah the person who i married gave me that book so uh, i right. guess i married the right person <laughs> apparently but i <laughs> I think uh, one of the other parts of the book that really struck me was being the professional and kind of like sitting down daily and doing your work. And that kind mm. of was like this other part of discipline that I haven't had in my life. You know, I've, I've definitely, I know doing it and stuff, but it was just like showing up daily and having that presence and, you know, mindfulness towards your work. That was a whole another aspect to it. So that just fueled so many parts of just who I am and just kind of gave me some inspiration. So I appreciate nope. that recommendation. There's no nothing more flattering and wonderful than when you give something to someone and they actually use it. Oh, you're <laughs> you know, it's like giving someone a sweater and they actually wear it to work one day, and you're like, "Oh, you actually like that thing? That's cool." Yeah. No, that book is that's a special one. The author, mm -hmm. remind me the author's name? Stephen Pressfield. Stephen Pressfield, yeah, he's he's smart. Hey, mm -hmm. I, I got to figure out if he's still around. We should get him on the show. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's still taking it. <laughs> that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Steven, if you're listening, yep. we I'll, want you on this show. My uncle's a Marine. <laughs> I'm going to have him ask. <laughs> oh, I like that idea. Yeah. I'm going to recommend a book. Um, I'm, yeah. I was an American, American studies major back in my, in my Stanford days. And um, I did not study Frederick Douglass uh, mm -hmm. that much, actually. He's one of the really, truly great uh, 19th century uh, Americans. Uh, someone born a slave who became one of the great Patriots, one of the great uh, abol uh, abolitionists, one of the great moral teachers of the 19th century. And uh, it's a book called Frederick Douglass, Prophet of Freedom by David Blight. And um, it's, it's an amazing, amazing book. Um, it's 900 pages. It's, it's, a, it's a long book, but it's, it's a book that, that reads quickly. And, um, you know, the, probably the two key reasons why it's resonating so with, much with me uh, at the moment a is that he understood that fundamentally um, uh, our lives as human beings were, were based on sort of a moral journey that we take and that we oft, uh, mostly are challenged to acknowledge good uh, that's being done um, and to encourage good and be good and to do the right thing, so to speak, but also to challenge evil. And he made a very clear point that a big problem in American society was not wanting to own up to what it had done, that it had done terrible things. And even to this day when, um, you know, I don't want to get overly politically political, but we are still hearing way too much uh, uh, from public uh, uh, officials in our country um, where we're still not wanting to fully, whether it's not take responsibility for what we've done to the environment, the lingering problems with race relations. It's like, stop with the bullshit. You know, let's let's just stop with the bullshit. You know what you're saying is full of shit. Stop it, acknowledge it, and do something about it. Because otherwise you're taking us one step further down a path to nowhere. And the, the more steps down the path to nowhere you go is the more steps you got to take back to go somewhere. So I say that this book, it really reminds you of that. Um, and yeah, I guess that's the most important thing. And just obviously, uh, the power of words. This man, you know, pre-internet, he traveled, pre-everything, pre-telephone. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he traveled across the um, America giving speeches. And, and he really connected in these speech, speeches with 
the reason why today, why people still read the Bible. Uh, I know, you know, you say the Bible and people, you know, there's all kinds of controversies, you know, the people who talk and use it to bludgeon other people. And then there's the people who say, I don't want to hear anything from it. But the Bible's purpose in, in the world of Frederick Douglass is when human beings are beyond reason, that's when we sort of have to, we have to turn to God in a certain way and just say, look, if you're really going to take this gift you've been given and really not use it and really actually kind of piss on it, this gift that you've been given to reason and to figure it out and live better, uh, then you're, you're potentially going to incur the wrath of God, however you define God. And God may just simply be those unknown forces that you as a small, tiny, insignificant human being can't possibly comprehend. So that the book, I, I don't know. The book is doing it for me on many levels. Um, so I, I encourage people to read. It's also just a great, very well-written book. Yeah, I mean, values of hard work and ownership, especially ownership, are just absolutely, you know, essential for for life. You know, you need to, again, like you're saying before, have that integrity and have that ownership of of who you are and where you're from and how you have as a collective people can move forward. So that yeah, sounds amazing. And 900 pages, yeah, we're, there's a lot of, a lot yeah, of stuff it, in there. It's a lot, it's a lot to read, but, but um, we, I think it's a really kind of perfect book to read right now at our time. It's important to realize, it's important to realize that some of these problems um, that, that we're facing are, have been, you know, he saw, he saw the civil war as the second American revolution. It's like it, we got, yeah. We had the Civil War because we didn't actually solve and, and, and do the right thing at the time of the revolution. We declared all men are equal and made a large percentage of the population unequal. That's con You can't do that and not have a problem later on. Duh! Yeah. All right. I, I, no more preaching. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> What's your biggest disappointment of the year? Do you have any? Um, biggest disappointment? Um, you know, I, I kind of like with the, the setback and, and disappointment was really just and along with with my humbling moment too is really kind of centered around my my ankle injury. So just kind of give a little backstory on that. Um, Mid August, I woke up, my feet were swollen, huge. I worked on them for about two weeks, and just the pain was incredible. Um, I actually um, got a medical leave off. I've been through three rounds of steroids. Um, I've had nerve studies. I've had MRIs x-rays, you name it, um, you know, braces, orthotics, all that fun stuff. So for me, just, I mean, that was just a huge moment in, in my life. And that was kind of pre all this, this podcast um, a little bit too. But I mean, I went through a, a wave of depression, I lost like 30 pounds, just not being able to move. Um, just sitting in bed all day, kind of wallowing. And then, you know, with that, I was like, I have this time, I have so much good going for me. Like, let's make the most of this. And then I, you know, that's when I started reaching out to you, Ben and Matt just being like, Hey, let's talk, let's chat, let's get all this stuff going. And, you know, kind of just seeing all that happen. Um, that was really like, I, I mean, it, it was a disappointment in my life where I, you know, for months I, it was struggling to walk. I was using the wall to, to go on and, you know, I had to rely on my family a lot just to, to do small things. Um, so that was, that was huge for me. It was just kind of just taking that loss of just literal movement and trying to still make the best of my life. So, um, that was, that was one of the hardest times for me, um, throughout this year. Well, I mean, all credit to you, um, and power to you that you, uh, took something negative like that and used, used this new space and the, and the place that you're at to, to make room to do something so positive so that's a really clever that's a really clever uh use of a of a potentially you know really really negative situation i know how when i'm injured and i can't do my normal routine i can get really uh, really crazy because you get sort of stuck in your own head so thank uh, thank god you're you know smart enough to to have redirected your energy essentially yeah i mean it wasn't like that for the first couple of weeks you know it was really well, tough that, Hopefully it'll just keep continuing and hopefully you'll make a full uh, for recovery. It seems like you're on the, uh, yeah, I'm on, on the, the up and up. Yeah. So whew, very happy about we that. Went, we, we went longer than we thought. Um, do you want to yeah. uh, um, do one, one last uh, biggest yeah, I, realization thing or what, what is the one you want to end with? 
Um, I'd like to end with the person who made the biggest difference in our lives. And Albert, wow. I got to say it was you, man. So, I mean, Uh-oh. for this year in 2019, um, you pushed me, you, you made this happen. You know, you, your inspiration of, of this book led this, this project. And, um, you know, this journey of the podcast has made us so much closer as friends. And, you know, I just feel like, you know, you're a best friend, you're a mentor, you're, you know, just someone who is just such a positive light in, in my life that I, I'm truly thankful that we're doing this. So Albert, you made the biggest difference in my life in 2019. So thank you wow. at the bottom of my heart, man. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I did not see that one coming. So uh, I'm very moved, genuinely, no, genuinely moved. Um, it does, um, makes me feel really good to, to uh, two things. One, that getting older, I think I'm, I'm having a little bit of that moment where I did not have children myself. And I think uh, uh, sharing some of my life experience with other people has become a bigger uh, goal for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thinking that uh, anything that I said to you or done with you has, has brought more richness to your life and made you a, a fuller better person, you know, finding you're doing what you more of what you want to do. I mean, that's what it's all about. And, and, you know, I've said it, you know, many, many uh, times, um, you, you know, you, I, I had a view of you that, it, you know, is, is kind of, you know, unique in a way. I, you know, you every time I've talked to you, you've kind of just been so like, you know, present. And so, uh, up for anything like you're just up yeah sure why not why can't we do that i'm i'm i used to i often push people and it's really fun that you don't need to be pushed so hard um (laughs) i i really i love that and i'm like i like i said i didn't expect to to hear but what you said so i'm still a little bit i'm a little verklempt um but i'm gonna i'm gonna pass it backwards in a way too because i'm i'm gonna mention sort of uh my relationship with henry lohmeyer as yeah. sort of the most influential person uh, for me in this past year. Um, in, because Henry, my conversation with Henry on Instagram, um, that's kind of really started me understanding the power of, of, of social media, how he opened up to me, um, what that did to make me realize um, my own loneliness at the time that we reached out to each other. I was one of those classic 50 something men with too much time on his hand and, and needing more social interaction. And, you know, Henry got the ball rolling. If, if, if it weren't for that, I mean, it might've been someone else, but there was something about Henry um, looking into that camera and seeing someone who looked a little like me, the gray hair, you know, he'd been around the block a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, um, that was really good. That helped me let, let my guard down. If I'm talking to someone 20 years younger than me, 30 years younger, you know, I'm a different person. But when you talk to someone your own age, it's like, oh, okay, what's <laughs> going on with you? Uh, you know, some people are young and very wise and some people are old and very foolish. And, you know, age does not correlate to, to wisdom in certain ways completely. Um, it, it's kind of a wasted opportunity if you don't get a little bit wiser as you get older. Um, but, um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta thank Henry for that, um, for that experience, for, um, just also reminding me that art is such a powerful, uh, force, you know, his, his photos, I've said it from the beginning are, are art. And, um, you know, I've, I've made a, a living promoting music, art music, classical music. Um, matter of fact, January, you know, is going to mark the 20th anniversary that when I started my own company, 35, almost 30 five years for me now in the, in the music business. And, um, I'm really, I'm just glad I'm still doing what I'm doing. And now, um, like I said, three, four months ago, I did not think I'd be doing a podcast with this guy from Pittsburgh who I met through Instagram talking about denim in a gazillion years. I wouldn't have predicted that one. So, all I, you know, I guess my closing thought is to encourage people Actually, just this morning, someone wrote to me and said, I wish my life had um, as much excitement in it as yours. I love reading your posts and following your feed. And, I'm, and, and I said, you know, my, my excitement from life is, is all simple stuff. It's books and music and people and conversation 
it's not jet skiing in Bali. It's I mean, that would be great. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Or skiing. I mean, it's just, it, you know, it's just the thing that's right here in front of us. It's, it's what's right here and accessible at every moment uh, is a source of uh, potential wonderment. And, you know, I think, I think we have to continually um, uh, remind ourselves of that and look for it because it's, if I think if you lose track of that power that you have, then you've given away almost, almost your most important power as a human being. Absolutely. I mean, just finding, you know, and I'm not even like entertainment, but just value and just comfort and enjoyment of the, the everyday things of a, a good conversation, a good book, a good piece of art. I mean, that can make your life so fulfilling. So there's some, some great words, Albert. So well, one more thing with 2020 coming, I mentioned on the past, on the past uh, podcast that it's the 250th birthday of, Be of Beethoven. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're going to, for that's a, a, a goal and a resolution that I have is to, I'm going to share more, uh, Beethoven recommendations in my, in my social media feeds. And, um, I'm, I'm going to try to do like a kind of once a month pick and, uh, anybody who wants to learn more, just, you know, DM me. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that a little bit of a goal for the year to promote this music that's been such a big part of my life. Yeah, I mean, you sent me that email of the the 50. I did. Minutes, so I'm really excited to to do a dive into there and and get it. Did going, the link so. work? You could link it. The link oh, yeah. actually mm -hmm. worked. Oh, good. Of course, yeah. Oh, cool. Very cool. <laughs> All right, so you're gonna do your famous wrap up. You're very good. Oh at yeah. It. <laughs> I'm having problems still pronouncing my own name. I hate it. I trip over every week. <laughs> Yeah. In case you didn't know, I have edited Albert's name in from cross episodes. <laughs> I don't know why it's so hard. I don't know, man. But I can say the name of our podcast, Veer Vulnerabilis Veer. Absolutely. Woo! Woo! All right. <laughs> so this has been another episode of Veer Vulnerabilis Veer. I'm Adam Glinsky. And I'm Albert Imperato. Thanks for listening.